Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records in all over the world, actually. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. I tell you something, Tony, we are on the heels of one of our hottest shows to date. Danielle Smith. Danielle Smith made a huge impact on our show it was, it was crazy I, I i know i've been messaging you frequently saying i can't believe how many downloads we've had but uh she seems to have struck a nerve with quite a few people it's so. very it's very encouraging people are finding the show and they're uh, liking our guests and look we're we're eclectic we know that not every show is exactly political or exactly entertainment but we're we're trying to provide something that is good you know generally for for people with uh, diverse interests Yeah. And I mean, I've been in broadcasting for 20 plus years. And personally, I don't think it hurts when you mention that you want to roundhouse kick Elizabeth May. So (laughs) that may have had something to do with it. But, uh, you know, I I don't think you can go wrong with that. So I think people will tune in. So and and look what happened to another one who was the target of a roundhouse kick on our program. He's now Ralph Goodhill, Goodhill, who's now our ambassador in the UK. So congratulations. That is is our thing. Like, I know we talked about (laughs) last show, but our thing is who would you want a roundhouse kick? And we can thank Dan Albus for that uh, for eternity. We'll have to get him back on and ask Dan, like, how does it feel to have such a a lasting legacy with this show now. He's had a huge cultural impact. Okay, we have a couple sponsors we want to thank right off the top. John Mutton and the crew at Municipal Solutions. They are our presenting sponsor. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And, Tony, I know you can roll into some more info there and then a couple of our others. Yes, and, of course, I I think we haven't done this yet, but we want to congratulate John for getting engaged to Anna. So I thought we said, did we not say that a couple weeks ago? No, I don't think so. No, no. Do you think we're going to get invited to the wedding? I, I don't know. I certainly oh. hope so, because that would be something. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I wonder if he wants us to be the MCs. Maybe maybe we can do a live podcast at his wedding. But you know what? You know, not to get off on too much of a tangent. <laughs> he the, the MMA background, he literally could roundhouse kick one of us. Yeah, I know. Like, so we have to be so careful. So we have to be careful, yeah. So Go congratulations ahead. to John Mutton. Of course, Municipal Solutions is uh, excellent at development services and project management, development approvals, permit expediting, uh, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services, minor variances, and land severances. There's always a need for that. And, of course, building permits for all your municipal solutions needs, municipalsolutions.ca. And then we got to thank Chris and the gang at Polytrack because Polytrack offers government relations professionals a secure hub to store their advocacy data, including stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, and key messages. Uh, It means advocacy data at your fingertips, which means less compliance and reporting time, which means you get to spend more time growing your business visit polytrack with a q.com mention and another thing co- podcast when you sign up you receive white glove onboarding services free 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 including tutorial and q a for your team so for all you gr pros out there check out polytrack.com and finally think data works that means thinkdataworks.com you can find them there 
at ThinkDataWorks on Twitter and at ThinkDataHumans on Instagram. And the question, the age-old question, how confident are you in your organization's data governance? There's been over $350 million in fines due to a lack of a legal basis for data processing and security. So that's where ThinkDataWorks comes in. They have the technology to help build collaborative and compliant data workforce. You get better return on investment, faster time to insights, and an easier way to discover, govern, and modernize your data. It is a curated catalog of data, which will give you multiples of business value. So save yourself from fines and use data better, uh, which means increased consumer trust and better outcomes. Go to Think Data Works. And there we go. There we and go. And we are so appreciative of our sponsors. Don't forget, you can check out our website. And another thing, podcast.ca. Is that right? I always forget. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Okay. So I and another thing, podcast.ca links to all our sponsors there, and you can find out more. Now, we are excited for today's guest. I, I feel a little sheepish because when Tony told me he was coming on, I was pumped because I said I loved him in Apollo 13. <laughs> and uh, then he said, no, not no. Ed Harris. No. Uh, but I'll, I'll, let you inter- I'll let you introduce our guest, and then I'll apologize for my confusion. But. Somebody better than Ed Harris. Uh, we are proud to welcome to Another the Thing podcast, Ed the Sock, uh, an old friend of mine, uh, truth be told. And, of course, Ed the Sock has been a cultural phenomenon uh, in Ontario and perhaps throughout the nation. He first appeared on cable in 1987 and then hosted on Much Music in the 90s and had his own late-night talk show, Ed's, Ed's Night Party, which is, Jody, the, the longest-running Canadian late-night talk show in history. It had 14 seasons. It, this year, Ed has launched New Music Nation. We're going to hear a lot about that. It is a new online platform for new music and videos. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed the Sock. All right. Hey, how are you guys? Ed, it's great to have you on the program. How you doing? I'm good. I just don't know if anybody's still listening after 10 <laughs> minutes of talking about sponsors. <laughs> I know. It, it is a problem, but uh, per, apparently they still... Congratulations to John and Anna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, he'll be very excited that you... Well, uh, you I won't talk. be at the wedding. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, that's maybe a good thing, Ed. I don't know, but uh, John, I'm sure, appreciates your best wishes, and thank you again for coming on the program. Hey, uh, in all seriousness, though, we we obviously we've got a lot to talk about, but I, I know you do want to talk about this new music nation. So why don't, why don't you give uh, kids a little bit of a, an update on what that is and why you wanted to create that and uh, what gap it fills in entertainment in the area? Well, thank you for asking, Tony, and sort of Jody. Um, <laughs> by the way, I've often been mistaken for Ed Harris. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm not shocked. Yeah, and then also mistaken for John Glenn, the U.S. <laughs> senator and former astronaut, in turn. And it's very, very complicated. And again, I've just learned to sign things, you know, Ed Harris, just, exactly. to, make, just to shorten conversations. Um, New Music Nation exists because... Many people listening to this will remember Much Music, which was, you talk about a cultural force, it had a huge cultural footprint across the country. It played uh, music videos and live performances, interviews with bands, uh, stories about music and about bands, and it just generally felt like a national clubhouse. Everybody felt like they belonged there. It was a unifying uh, presence in this country because it didn't matter 
what your political background was, what your ethnic background was, your religious background, uh, how long your family had been in Canada or not, where you lived in the country, how much money you made. Everybody felt equal and together as part of that nation that uh, the new music or that uh, much music created. And it was, there was also a, a special kind of anarchy involved. It was very Canadian mm -hmm. in that it wasn't expensive. It didn't pretend that it had a lot of money, and that was part of its charm. You could relate to it because it seemed like here was a bunch of people putting on a show in a barn. Um, you could relate to all the VJs. They weren't giant stars. I mean, everybody knew who they were, but they didn't act like giant stars. Everybody was just another person, and you could relate to one or more of the VJs. And it was just a great experience in discovering music, in listening to music, in experiencing music and pop culture. And it was uniquely Canadian in its uh, self-awareness, in not taking itself seriously. And that is something, I don't know anywhere else in the world that can relate to what Much Music was, as well as Canada. And that's been gone for a long time now. Much Music is now a channel just called Much with no music, and it plays no music. It plays reruns of The Simpsons and South Park. Um, part of it is because they were sold uh, a number of years ago, and the new owners didn't really know how to maintain that culture, That because there was a work culture that created the culture on air. And right. when you get rid of that work culture, the creative product follows. You, you lose it. So, But even before it was sold, they started canceling all the shows that made much music, much music. So it no longer was much music. So people just stopped watching because everything they watched for was gone. And uh, also, a lot of Canadian bands uh, got their start by being featured on Much Music. They got a real push to their career. And Canadian, I mean, independent artists this past year have been hammered as bad as anybody else because they make their money doing gigs. They don't make their money any other way. And they, uh, I mean, they could if they get a lot of views on their YouTube channel, they get a lot of people buying their music, they can make money. But when there's nothing for them to, to use as a platform for publicity, they make nice videos, good quality videos, and they put them out on their own YouTube channel, and they get 63 views, and it's mostly friends and family. They don't have any place that is pulling them and putting them into a general spotlight uh, where they get uh, you know facts about them, interviews, fun. There's, there's nobody to spotlight that. So our channel's going to focus on... Mostly Canadian. There will be some world uh, artists as well, um, but mostly Canadian independent uh, artists. You know, musicians, singers, right. uh, people who are unsigned to record companies. That was one of the big failures of Much Music. They would only take people if they were signed to a major record label, which I always protested, and never it never did any good. But now that I'm in charge, uh, the people who are signed to record labels, they already got their start. They got a record company behind them. They got marketing money. I want to work with the real artist, because it's a, a real musician, a real singer is somebody who's not doing it because they think they're going to make millions of dollars. They're doing it even though they know they're not going to make a lot of money, but they have to do it because they have to make music. It's just in their DNA. Those are real artists, and those are the people we're going to celebrate. And hey, Ed, sorry, just go quickly, ahead, Ed. Ed, if you could go back in time, with all the knowledge that you know now about the music world and some of the bands you've seen, what wisdom would you share with B44? Oh, I would just tell them to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there was no enduring legacy of B44. They, they were called B44 
because uh, that was the time that most of their audiences was free from school every <laughs> afternoon. Perfect. Um, and uh, I mean, they were famous for for wearing uh, life jackets, basically, and uh, and uh, frosted tips. Uh, funny thing about that: before four, there were three of them. Um, <laughs> three comes before four. Um, two of them were twins, and the other guy was another guy. And the twins wound up hating the other guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh no! The other guy hates the twins. Like it was like there could be a behind the music if only there was actually music there. Um, <laughs> we could we could find out trail what happened between Ohan and the other two kids. I would love to bring them together now. See if they can put bygones, bygones, hey, bygones. Put bygones, bygones, and maybe like put on a show. Yes, I'm in. Why I'll, not? I'll help. Whatever you need. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, no, and and uh, this is one of the things about Ed because Ed, uh, of course, I've known you for a long time, but well, thirty he, years, I think. I, I think thirty plus years. But of course, most people, your notoriety was because you had that show on Mucks, uh, much with the fromage aspect to it where you're doing a uh, sort of a, a criticism of a music video and it was highly entertaining i must say I, I, when i think back uh, into into the 90s that's one of the things i remember the most so are you going to be an on-air host on new music nation as well yeah of course i'll be there i'm the one training the other vjs so okay. it'll initially have my flavor to it before they start to inject themselves well, i have to correct you i only took over fromage in 1999 no way um, yeah, I uh, I was more popular and had higher ratings through the 2000s than I did in the 90s. I started in the 90s on Much Music and City TV, but my most popular years were about 99 through to 2008. Incredible. Well, it's it's all been melded into my backstory, so there you go. And I, I learned a little bit more about Ed the Sock and his notoriety. So can you tell me, how, how is it that you... You had that longevity, though. I mean, there there were so many things going on at Much, and so many things going on in Canadian broadcasting. Uh, what do you to what do you owe your longevity? Well, for one thing, I don't start to look old and sad. <laughs> you know, because that's eventually uh, you can't. The only other person who was a v- DJ who doesn't look uh, old and sad uh, is Rick the Temp, Rick Campanelli. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He still looks like he hasn't aged a day. I don't know what deal he made, but he looks like he hasn't aged a day. Strombo, he looks like he's aged, but he's grown into his 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 older look. So it's a it's a more sophisticated look, but I don't look like I've aged. I change from time to time. I all, you know, there's little subtle changes, my hairstyle or something, but I don't change. And uh, even though I've evolved uh, in my performance, when I first started, I was mostly doing uh, vaudeville and insult uh, comic shtick. Um, and then I evolved into being something of a social, uh, political critic. Right. Um, uh, because I got tired of doing the, the stupid vaudeville material. Like, it, it wore, uh, it, I wanted it to wear out on me before it wore out on the audience. So right. I could change before they, they got bored. Um, and so I can, I can be as fresh as the things I'm commenting on. And and all those cigars that you consumed, that didn't have an impact, eh? Uh, it didn't bother me. It bothered my co-hosts quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were constantly coughing. and uh, But, you know, uh, cigars are uh, smoked by people, people 
who are giving off the signal that they don't care about the health of those around them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Ed, just quickly, because I know you heard us talking about our roundhouse kick shtick at the beginning. If you could roundhouse kick one of the much VJs back in the day, who who would it be? Like, would Master T be a recipient? Or You know, the thing is that I we all got along. It's dreadfully boring. Um we all, I mean, there was a couple I didn't get along with as well, but uh, in respect, out of respect for them, I don't want to mention who it was. Um, basically, when you watch New Music Nation, you'll see some VJs from the past uh, appearing as guests. The ones that don't appear, you'll figure out <laughs> who it is that I didn't really like. I would like to roundhouse kick the much program director. Yeah. Who uh, told me, am I allowed to, to say uh, S-H-I-T? Yes, sure. Okay, she uh, told me her her philosophy for much music was our viewers are stupid and just want shit, so we're just gonna give them shit. And wow, that was her programming philosophy. And if people want to know why much music changed from being something you could engage with and didn't feel like it was insulting your intelligence to something that throttled your intelligence, that was why. They all, she also was the person who issued the edict that our viewers are dumb and can't remember anything that happened more than three months ago. So don't mention anything that happened more than three months ago. And an oh arbitrary three months, I think they were talking about themselves. Um, but I had just done a uh, series, a, a, a new uh, series I was doing called Smartass, the Headless Sock Report. And uh, we had traced, it was about uh, hip hop and rap, and we traced its origins back to griots in, in Africa like hundreds of years ago. And the ratings were higher than anything else they made that month. And right. so when they told me the three month thing, I said, we just did a show that went back hundreds of years in history, and uh, we got huge ratings. And they said, yeah, nobody's interested in that. I said, no, wow. you understand. It got huge ratings. Yeah, nobody's interested in that. So how do you carry on working with people whose minds are that shut off? And who are, And there was also a huge amount of uh, lying and backstabbing. And I just said, you know what? There's a certain amount of lying and backstabbing you're used to in television. But this is beyond the pale. You know people who are lying to you, and they know that you know they're lying, but they lie anyway? That's I thought, what I, I was thought, dealing with. I thought that was just politics, but, <laughs> but maybe you're right. It's All human interaction is politics, Tony. Yeah, that's true, my friend. That's true. So that's uh, who I would roundhouse kick. Okay. And uh, I wouldn't. Uh, Elizabeth May's already got one, so it seemed unfair to <laughs> double-team her. <laughs> no, we don't. By the way, by the way, I just Tony. I don't know. You might have been aware of this, but I wasn't. I mean, because I've never really gone through all the personalities that were on much back in the day. But I never. JD Roberts was a much music VJ, big time. Oh, he was the foundation of the music uh, channel, the music programming uh, at City TV that grew into much music. He was the co-host of the new music, the uh, the TV show. He was with his feathered hair and his T-shirts. Um, he was a staple of uh, Toronto TV in the music uh, area. And, you know, now you see him as John R- Roberts, Mr. Serious. Yeah. But, but uh, you never would have predicted back then that J.D. Roberts would lose the initials and uh, become a reporter for Fox News. It's uh, a tremendous career transformation. Listen, you can't always, when you're, I remember talking about getting old and sad, you can't continue to be a J.D. Roberts talking about music your entire life. Yeah. If you're lucky, you branch out, you evolve. So he evolved. He changed. The thing is, he mostly 
uh, refuses to acknowledge that he ever was J.D. Roberts. <laughs> Somebody and, else, not me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny that he doesn't want to acknowledge where he got started. And I think always acknowledge your roots. I yeah, got started absolutely. in the smallest cable access station in Toronto, and I'm proud of that. And I don't want to hide my roots. Hey, Ed, I know you probably get this question. It might seem really stupid, but are you are you a twin? Or no? Well, you're absolutely right. It does seem really stupid. <laughs> um, uh, I had a brother, but he got really messed up in the Gulf War. <laughs> I thought it would be like the washer or the dryer, but hey, no, no, no. I, I, all these comments about my ethnicity. I am a sock, but I'm not defined by it. Okay, good. Jody, did you want to ask about uh, that uh, little bit of an international incident with Triumph? Oh, yeah, 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 because we, uh, we did make mention of this off-air, but I know that you had some ser- serious beef and heat back in the day with Triumph, the insult dog, and I know a lot of time has passed since that all went down. If I mean, Maybe just give us a little bit of a, a background on that, but if you could have the opportunity to speak with Triumph, what, what would you say to him today? Well, it's a good question. I'll think on that one. Uh, it started um, when I was still on cable access and I was trying to get into broadcasting TV and I sent tapes of my show to the talent coordinator at Conan O'Brien's show. And we had long distance phone calls. Back in those days, long distance phone calls were a big deal because <laughs> they were expensive. It's not like now you can pick up the phone and call Krakow at any time of day and it's, it barely registers on your bill. Um, in those days, calling between Toronto and New York was a big deal. Um, so I had conversations with this woman. Her name was Paula. Rumor was she was dating Conan at the time. And uh, we talked about having Ed come on as a character. And then I didn't hear from her for a bit after a couple of calls. And I called and she said, oh, no, we've chosen to go in another direction. And then it's maybe two weeks later, I get uh, calls from people saying, congratulations, I saw you on Conan. I wasn't on Conan. And in those days, there was no internet to go and check out what it was. So I had to dope it out and find it out that there was their head writer had created this dog puppet with a distinctive voice and a cigar who insulted people and claimed that it was a fresh idea he came up with, even though if you work in show business, you know that the talent coordinator works closely with the head writer and the writers to determine what will work on the show. And he was absolutely had to be exposed to my tapes. So the idea that he created this out of the blue with those tremendous similarities, um, that's uh, that's one for the books, if that's a coincidence. And uh, years ago, uh, Chum Television, which owned City TV and Much Music at the time, were the Canadian sponsors of bringing Conan's show to Toronto. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Let's let bygones be bygones. So I spoke to the Conan executive producer and said, look, why don't we just water under the bridge? It'll be very funny if Ed takes Triumph on a tour of Toronto that isn't on in tourist maps. And he said, no, we're not doing that. And then he went on to ask me to do a favor for him. Wow. Um, which I didn't do. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, they wouldn't do it. And then there was an Entertainment Weekly article years ago interviewing Robert Smigel, the guy that does the puppet. And uh, he actually said that he will go back in the editing suite and change what he said he will drop in new lines so that he's, he seems Come more on. daring and funny. And um, maybe that's why I didn't want to do it with Ed is because I don't do that. No. And um, he wouldn't be able to have complete control over the content. So maybe that's why. But, I mean, I thought that was a, that was a cop-out. 
there's all we all have times where we afterwards say i wish i'd said x or y i've done that with interviews too but i don't then go back and change the my audio so that i did say x and y and then have people responding in a way that seems hilarious because they're not actually responding to the question i supposedly asked yeah. um so it makes the whole thing seem more outrageous so he's a phony um i did almost have a show on comedy central uh in the early 2000s and we were in a meeting in new york and then a the woman comes in and says i'm sorry just found out we're doing a series with the dog puppet no. and we can't do two puppet shows and his show lasted six episodes and went away um and but that killed that killed the u.s for me we were on in the u.s on a channel called g4 which was at the time very popular it was a a tech channel with video games and pop culture. Yeah, I think uh, Olivia Munn was on that, wasn't she? That's where she, I actually, uh, I was with Olivia Munn during her first live remote broadcast. Oh my um, gosh. When we were at E3 in Los Angeles. That's right, E3, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were being interviewed there with her because our show was launching on G4. And I remember that before we started shooting, we were shooting before the doors opened. And then when the doors started opening, she says, oh boy, here come the nerds. Um, the nerds were very, very good to her. Um, so we were on G4. Well, she did this whole thing with a Princess Leia thing, I think, at one point, didn't she? Well, she did a Slave Leia thing, and my co-host on the late night show, Leanna Kay, uh, was at E3, and she had her Slave Leia outfit. So she, um, she happened to have it because we were shooting by a big Jabba the Hutt that day. <laughs> oh um, so she went over and she got into the contest, the Princess Leia contest. Come on. And she, and she won. And Elizabeth Munn or Olivia Munn started giving her cut eye and making like funny comments about don't don't be stepping into my spotlight. Um, she was uh, she was all right, but uh, G four we we here was the weird thing we ran on G four and it was popular, and then we just we had always been partners with Chum Television in the late night show, and Chum was going to be sold, so I looked elsewhere and we found a digital company that was you know on uh, on demand stuff was fairly new at that point it was called ripe digital and they had bought our previous season and it did well for them so i spoke to them and they they said they would fund the new seasons and the budget went up by three times when they did that um and then g4 came and said they'd like to buy another season and chum said i can't sell it to you you have to deal with ripe and she got really angry and said, why didn't you come to me first? We would have funded it. And all this other stuff, you know, it's, it's very disappointing. And we're not going to talk to Wright because they're our, they're our, our, our competition, even mm -hmm. though G4 really wasn't in the, the uh, on-demand space. Um, and then afterwards, she claimed that the show didn't do well. And she said, they're going to give it one more chance. They ran a marathon of it between 2 and 6 a.m. And uh, said, wasn't a lot of numbers. Between 2 and 6 a.m. Oh. If you're upset, if you wanted to buy another season and were upset you couldn't buy the other season and said you were willing to fund the show, don't tell me the show wasn't successful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not and that yeah. ended my uh, forays in the U.S. I did, uh, I did videos for two and a half years for a company called Defy Media. They're in Los Angeles. I did uh, five-minute videos every week for them, and it was a good time to be earning American money and living in Canada. Uh, then they went bankrupt. Um, Ripe Digital went bankrupt, Defy went bankrupt, so uh, 
Uh, things keep falling apart behind me. Well, Ed, I got to tell you, we are looking forward to your new venture, though, New Music Nation. I've got to ask this question, Jody, before uh, you maybe ask the last one, but uh, I think our listeners want to know the answer to this very, very deeply. Is there a future for Ed the Sock in politics? No. Uh, I mean, people have asked if I'd run for premier or prime minister, and I'd say, why do you hate me so much that you would suggest that? I am far better as a gadfly on the outside making comments. Rather than being swallowed by the system where my voice would be muted, I mean, I don't want to go sit on some backbench somewhere with Jody Wilson-Raybould and nobody knows I'm alive. Um, so it, my better function is not being in politics, but commenting on politics. So that's the only future I have in politics. I have no interest in seeking elected office. Well, politics loss is our gain in the entertainment world, that's for sure. Jody, what do you Ed, have to say? Ed, I was going to say, you've probably been exposed to so many different things in your, your lifetime, and obviously age, as you said, is treating you well. I, I got to ask, because given the situation of what's going on with this pandemic and your immune system, do you need to be vaccinated or are you fine? Oh, I'm going to be vaccinated, but I'm, I'm waiting they ha- still haven't opened up the queue to sock puppets. Okay. Is that- I'm waiting and I'm waiting. They keep dropping it 60 and over, 50 and over, 40 and over. So far, nothing to do with sock puppets. I see no clar- clarification as to when I can go get the, the, the inoculation. Um, I would take it for sure because I'm not a, a moron. Um, but they so far have failed. I mean, I guess I'm a very small constituency. And uh, I probably need some kind of specialized uh, approach. Uh, But the Ford government probably doesn't like me very much. Um, So I don't expect any treatment from them. I'm probably going to have to give an alias and go in (laughs) as like a person. I'll wear like a hat or something like that and uh, go in under a false name and get the jab. Uh, I mean, my not having arms might give it away. <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem. <laughs> it might it might be, but you know these people are doing it in an assembly line. I don't think they care one way or the other. They just keep poking people. Just so, wear, wear a hat. Yeah, Yeah, I'll just wear a hat and some dark glasses, <laughs> uh, or maybe an overcoat, um, and uh, maybe they won't know. Maybe I'll change my voice a little bit. Um, they won't even notice, because I do want the, uh, the vaccine. I would like all of this nonsense to be able to stop for a change. And I don't see it happening immediately because even after everyone's inoculated, people are going to be slow to shake hands again. Shaking hands may be gone forever. Um, People are going to be slow to hug. People are going to be slow to go into enclosed spaces with each other like movie theaters. Eventually, it's going to go crazy because content under pressure will explode. And there's going to be an explosion of of consumer money on on nothing, on uh, ephemeral gifts that make people feel good about themselves. Um, you know, low dollar or high dollar, people are going to want to reward themselves for being good. And uh, people are going to want to go to live music and stuff. But it'll take a while for that to build. But once it builds, it's going to be huge because there's Look a out. huge demand. Oh, yeah. Look out. The Roaring Twenties. Hey, uh, the Roaring Twenties. Hey, Ed, a final thing here from me, and then we'll wrap up. But we did get a tweet from Terry David Mulligan, who wants to know if he can come on the show <laughs> when you watch it. If he wants to come on my my stuff? Yeah. 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 Mulligan Mulligan <laughs> hates me. <laughs> Mulligan hates me. Years ago, the Steve Anthony was doing 24 hours live uh, on Much Music. He didn't sleep. 
and they had me in between 2 and 3 a.m. And we decided to, he said, let's call Mulligan. So we called Mulligan. Of course, we didn't clear it in advance. We just called him, and his answering machine clicked on. And I started saying things like, well, maybe his nurse is administering his medicine and making comments about his age. Ooh. And he hated me. He said that if I was going to one of the snow jobs, he he refused to go. But I went, and he went anyway. Um, but we have never really talked in all the years we were both on Much Music. There has never been a conversation with me and Terry David Mulligan. Well, oh, we won't have go. him on New Music Nation, uh, apparently, <laughs> listen, Jody. I, listen, I'd be glad <laughs> to have him on. It's been a long time. Maybe bygones be bygones. Yeah, well, you never know. This could you might have a lineup of people who all of a sudden are your new best friend, Ed. Uh, so you never know how never things know. turn it's, around. It's funny, there'd be all that tension with Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's well, I, I I want to thank Ed the Sock for coming on to our program. It's been a delight to have you. We wish you every success with New Music Nation. Maybe just tell people where to find it, and uh, that would be terrific. All right, and you can find me at Ed the Sock on Twitter, Ed underscore the underscore Sock on Instagram. I got a Facebook page under my name, and New Music Nation. Right now, it's a it's a placeholder website. It's got a video of our launch video talking about why we exist. It's got uh, video bios of four of our new VJs. Fantastic, Ed. Excellent. It's great work, and keep it up, and we can't wait for the full-on New Music Nation. Thanks for being here. Lots of fun with Ed the Sock. I got to tell you, it's uh, it's very cool having him on. So you've yeah. known you've known Ed the Sock for thirty plus years. Thirty plus years. Uh, I can't uh, disclose the exact circumstances, but uh... I was going to say, can you share how you met? <laughs> It was uh, in uh, in political circumstances. Just, just leave it at that. And it okay. was probably one of these stories I carry to my grave. But uh, no, I've obviously followed his career, and uh, and I'm just I am excited about his new venture. I think it sounds fantastic. Actually, yeah. I mean, I I 100% agree. I think the idea of bringing back much music in that form or that style of what they used to do is a brilliant i used to love watching that i loved watching that and i it, it's as you if you know anything about ed it'll be edgy yeah and uh i think i think he could span the gap there i think millennials might be interested in it and of course our generation will be interested in it as well because it's nostalgic for us but it'll be brand new for millennials and and gen zetters so there you go yeah and i don't know what's going on with us but our shows are going longer and longer <laughs> the last couple of weeks i don't know if it's like we've lulled people into this 20 minute show for the first like 70 plus episodes and now it's like bang we're going in with like 40 minute shows but uh hey it's all good nobody's telling us to to not do it so, so far so far so we'll just keep uh keep pushing the envelope yeah. as they say in the world of broadcasting and entertainment uh don't forget and another thing podcast.ca you can find out uh, all our sponsors and plus our archive shows. And again, we got a shout out to John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions online at municipalsolutions.ca. And we've got uh, polytrack.com and thinkdataworks.com as well. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Yeah, we are so appreciative of their support and we're very appreciative of the support we get from our listeners. And Tony, I can tell you this and I'll tell our listeners as well. Um, the podcast space, as you know, is a busy one mm -hmm. and I'm, I'd love to know the number of how many are released every day. New ones. It's, it's gotta, gotta be, be high. Th thousands and thousands. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're gauging our program year over year and kind of getting numbers. And I can tell you that year over year we've doubled as of right now, 
uh, we've doubled uh, our listeners and downloads and subscribers. So Fantastic. It takes a long time to keep going. So when I say double, we're now at five listeners because we were at two and a half. <laughs> yeah. and now we're at five. <laughs> Don't no, say I'm that. Just kidding. But uh, no, it's it's growing exponentially. And it, it it's interesting. I just tell this quick little story because I had a, I knew a guy or I knew of a gentleman that started a podcast and he had reached out to me to have me as a guest. Uh, but then there was no follow-up. But I saw he posted the other day he did six episodes, but he was he was stopping doing it. One, because it took a lot of time and did cost him some money. But the other thing was he wasn't seeing the uptake from mm. people listening, subscribing, downloading. And he said it was affecting his mental health. Oh, well, we can't. And no, I, that's not good. Yeah. No. And I was like, I had two schools of thought. I was like, first thing I was going to say to him, and I, I still might, is encourage him to, you know, it takes time. Like it literally, like we're only at what? We're at 70 plus episodes to... You know, it's that's a lot of episodes in the uh, podcast space. And the other thing is, man, like that podcast doesn't define who you are. No. And no, just because no. just because you're having a tough time getting listeners. So anyway, I, I was kind of like, wow, it just it just shows you, though, what can happen with individuals and how we can all slip into different areas of the mind and. And it affects like mental health is a real thing. So it's anyway, a real just, thing. It's a tough time now as well. So uh, just yes, uh, I'm sure. uh, encourage all of our exactly. listeners to, to talk to people and to get help if you need it for sure. Yeah. Reach out to us anytime on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> if you have bullies on Twitter, just let me know on Twitter. Cause I, I love going toe to toe. Jody uh, dispenses with our bullies. Very well. Oh yeah. I love, I love, you know what I do? I kill them with kindness. You do. I love just laying it on thick yeah. when someone comes at us. So. Anyway, all right. Well, we appreciate uh, your support, and we thank you for continuing to listen. Tony, we will do this again in seven days. You betcha.